somebody stop me? Is that what he says? Uh, I wish I could stop this movie, this train wreck, this godforsaken hot, steamy pile of trash from ever happening, but I, I can't. It it happened. It it happened in two thousand five. And we can't go back and, and stop it. We can't undo it. That's all I got to say. Now it's gone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. We are Just Another Movie Night, and I am Scott. I'm Joe. You are Joe, and this is Talking Trash. Talking Trash. Talking Trash, Valentine's Day edition, February edition, where we are giving our love to the people we've met online who have actually given us suggestions of the bad movies to do. Okay, who suggested ba- Basically, this? it's not <laughs> love from them. It's not even love to them from us. It's them torturing us and us <laughs> loving movies enough to watch the shit that they've suggested. Yes, and we appreciate all the suggestions, everybody. Yeah, so and, keep them coming. And, and here's the thing. like When someone can suggest something that we haven't seen, then we're going to do it. Because it, it's shocking to us when we find movies we haven't seen. That's true. But you, I did know of this one. Yeah. I just didn't want to know of this one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's why the only reason we ever watched this is because we were told to do it. Yeah. And and when, let's say for every 10 suggestions we've gotten, one is one we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, a ba- it's a bad ratio going on here. So it's really rare. But yeah, this one was suggested by Movies Rating and Ranking on Instagram. Ah, shout uh, out to them. Yep. Yeah, uh, he, he suggested three films. We picked one of them. You were actually afraid of the other one. Well, we're going to eventually <laughs> get to it. Uh, and, and three movies I had never seen, which I was shocked. But nice. today we are discussing a torturous event from 2005 called The Son of the Mask. This was directed by Lawrence Gutterman. Perfect name. <laughs> oh god <laughs> the director of cats and dogs oh so we can kind of see where the cgi nightmare continued, oh, began and okay. ended uh, because he virtually didn't go on to do much else after this he did an episode of a television show here and there and that was about it um this has a 2.3 on imdb out of 59,000 reviewers oh yikes this has a 20 on metacritic oh <sighs> Uh, this is a movie that critic Richard Roper, who famously took over Roger and Ebert, mm-hmm. he uh, took over. He said, out of the five years of doing that show, this was the movie he wished he walked out of. <laughs> so now my question to you, Joe, is how much movie money did this movie cost? Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. To, to make... This movie, I believe that it probably cost around, I'm going to say at least $2 million because... You thought this movie cost $2 million. Yes, because it's heavily CG'd. Heavily. Whether it's good or not CG, yes. 
whether it's good or not. Just for a few frames of that, for CG is probably $2 million. Just for a few frames. Don't tell me that this movie costs $10 million to make or something. Please. please. Keep going. In fact, your first guess was how much Jamie Kennedy made. <gasps> no. So do you want to keep guessing? All right, I'll say 15 mil. Do you want to keep guessing? 20 mil. You want to keep guessing? 25 mil. Do you want to keep guessing? Shut the... F- Shut up. Shut up. 50 mil? Do you want to keep guessing? <gasps> okay, I'm out. I can't do this. <laughs> well, I don't think you know your movies well enough to... to that, that, what do you, the first few suggestions were what the Toxic Avenger movies cost to make. They didn't have any budget. They had two million dollars on 2. Toxic 2. Avenger 5 two. Million on just and one. And that's of what them. your first suggestion of a big blockbuster movie was. That was a sequel okay. to a hit film. I uh, this was a blockbuster. This should have been straight to DVD. This was a sequel to a huge hit movie starring Jim Carrey. Uh, all right, um, I'm gonna say seventy-five mil. This cost a hundred million dollars <gasps> to make. Now, no. how much do you think it made? Twenty-seven dollars. Apparently, you do not agree with my theories. <laughs> I guess I should say it again. Okay. Do you want me to keep guessing? No, okay. <laughs> I'm being <laughs> do you want, an I mean, asshole. Do you want to keep guessing? All right, okay. Uh, I'm going to say that this movie, because it has the mask on it, people probably thought they were going to see Jim Carrey pop in there somewhere, right? So they probably... That might have been true. I don't know ...made the about journey that. to the movies just to see maybe he'll pop in. Okay, so if this movie costs $100 million to make, I'm going to say that this movie actually made... All right. I'll say it made three hundred million worldwide. You so you think it was a success? Well, yeah, you're telling me that it's a sequel to a big blockbuster movie. Yeah, that's why it cost so, hundred million. Right, so I would say that people went to see it. No way. You're fucking I mean, me. You're three, fucking with me. Three hundred million is what like a Marvel movie makes. Okay, you're teasing me right now because you're telling me, like, you're totally telling me that that this movie. Okay, this movie made a hundred million. No, it cost a hundred. I mean, million. it cost a hundred million. Excuse and me. It's close. It's very sketchy. It's eighty-nine to a hundred million, and it's probably a hundred more. It's probably more okay. than a hundred. You're telling me it, it it cost that much to make, but it wasn't a it, it wasn't was much a of a huge success. failure. Yeah, and it wasn't a huge failure. It was a huge failure it because, was. as you saw, it's got a two, and a twenty on Metacritic. That means, and, and one of the most famous critics said he w- wish he would have walked out. <sighs> okay. Well, still, there are still p- um, people in the seats, obviously. So I'll say that this movie made okay. If it's bad, thirty million it made thirty million. Um, okay, I mean it made double that. It made fifty nine million, almost sixty million. So to me, this could have been worse. Making sixty million, almost sixty million back. It's still a loss. It's still a huge loss. You want to make 150. You know, you want to try to put get your money back and whatever. At least they made that because we've seen a lot of movies on the show who have not made even close to 60 million mm. back on these. But we we just did Artemis Fowl last week which made no money back. So, I mean, that was a that's that's to me is a disaster. A disaster. That cost like 125 million dollars. And it made no money back because it had to get dumped on streaming. And nobody wanted, and, and Disney had to sell it off to try to get profit. So that's, that's to me is a bomb. At least 60 million plus on the back end, I think they uh, sold the rights of streaming, of, of video cassettes and everything to a company for 20 million. So at the end of the day, 
I think it didn't do as bad as a lot of other films do. Okay. Well, it didn't make its money back, so... That's... No, it, 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 it really didn't, but it mm. made about 80 maybe. All right. Well, I just... I feel like uh, comparing this to Artemis Fowl, it's like, okay, they, they had a film that cost $125 million to make, but they also had a bigger cast. Like, you know, like a bigger like group of people that they had to pay. That's true. Uh, you know? That's true that they had people to lure you in, maybe. Yeah. Um, and there's also, like, Artemis Fowl was based off a big book. Mm-hmm. But, and the reason that Artemis Fowl didn't make money is because of COVID. So they have a lot of strikes in their favor of why it was such a disaster. It was really The bad movie timing. wasn't good as well, and people that love the books hated it. But here we are with a sequel to a movie that people grew up with loving. And we're talking 11 years later. That movie came out in 94 when Jim Carrey was on a roll. I mean, he made three of his biggest movies that year. Mm-hmm. Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask. All in one year. This movie was in uh, another film in development hell. Because what happened was they were trying to make a sequel for the longest time. And the problem is Jim Carrey made Ace Ventura 2 and hated it. He had a nightmare on the set. He didn't like doing it. He said to himself, he learned the lesson from doing it. He didn't want to do sequels. Yeah, I heard that he didn't want to do sequels, but then he did Dumb and Dumber. Well, that was actually years later. They actually um, asked him to do the sequel to that one. And if you remember, the sequel recasted younger people. But the original joke was that they were supposed to play them young. Mm -hmm. And that would have been funny to see both... Um, Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey being pretending to be younger. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, I believe Trey Parker was involved in that. I think that they were talking about how they thought that would have been funny and it would have been, and that actually would have been a really funny concept. And then he said, no, and after Ace Ventura, he didn't want to do dumb and dumber. And then they did it years later because he went, they wanted to work together again and they just said, screw it, let's make it. And it turned out to be a bomb. So he probably was better off, mm-hmm. but this movie definitely could have had help from having Jim Carrey and Cameron Diaz come back. But since Jim Carrey said no, the director of the original movie also said no and quit. And then this movie lingered in development hell for 11 years. Uh, Well, less until it finally got made and was starting to be made in 2003. I think they were working on special effects. Then it finally got released in 2005. But the problem is they hired somebody who I don't know was ever successful enough to get this lead role. I agree with that. I mean, he, he was, uh, didn't he, he's, he's done Scream. Yeah, he did Scream. He had his own Jamie Kennedy experience in the early 2000s, the whole show where he was doing all of his characters, which is really odd because when he wanted, was being asked to be in this movie, he thought he, he thought he would be Loki. And I think that would have made more sense because it would have allowed him to go nuts with his characters. Instead, he had to play the straight man. Now, when he was asked, why did you take this movie? He said, I have 2.5 million reasons that I took that movie. So that's suggesting that it was that much money. And now let me ask you a question. Who do you think they went to first after Jim Carrey said no? Who passed on this movie? Oh, um, every other comedian? I have two names for you. This is great. Jack Black, (gasps) Ryan Reynolds. 
Oh, thank God. Could you imagine? Thank God they passed on this. Yeah. And he was like the last choice. And it's odd because the only real stars are Alan Cummings, who people might know is more of a theater actor, and Bob Hoskins, who didn't even know he was going to be in the film. He thought he was just doing a voiceover. Then he was uh-huh. told, no, you got to put makeup on and do this whole thing. Uh, so he wasn't happy, but that's a his long career of not understanding what he's signing on to do. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's crazy. Yeah, but but hanging this movie on Jamie Kennedy seemed like a real big gamble that wasn't really thought out. I mean, I feel kind of bad for him because this is like a career-ending movie. It it is the way he just the acting in this and uh, he just didn't come across as the family man that he was supposed to be. No, not at all. Nothing that he was supposed to be. He just didn't bring it. Him and the actress, and I'm sorry, I gotta say her name real fast. Um, Taylor. Um, um, her name is Trailer. Trailer, terrible. Trailer Howard, who uh, was most most known for being in the show Monk. Uh. She, uh, her and Jamie Kennedy's, I would say that their, um, chemistry is brother and sister level in this film. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, Um, I, I, I have so many thoughts to talk about with this movie. So many, like, I just, there's a lot to talk about why this thing doesn't work and why I, I, I have a lot of little ideas. Now, this movie was based off a comic series. This is a, a Dark Horse comic book that was extremely gritty. Jim Carrey kind of turned it into more of a cartoon. Now, I don't even think that the original mask is that great. It's oh, it's fun. It's okay. Yeah, I think it, so too. It has things about it that stick out. Now, if this movie was um, the same characters, if they had just recasted the same characters and it, this is them trying to live in suburbia having a child, mm-hmm. maybe this would have made more sense and we didn't have to set them up all over again. Maybe that would have been a little something more if they hired some people who are more like those two characters. Especially since Cameron Diaz's character in that movie has like, uh, she's richy rich and she, you know, she, she expects bigger things and then she's like maybe i've been looking in the wrong area all this long and you know all along and she went with the dorky guy who is probably going to love her and they were going to have a good relationship you know and that Mm might have been interesting but having those two characters trying to make a relationship work in like suburbia might have actually been a funny concept yeah because they try hard on doing that while having the same character like characters who feel similar in some way like, um, you know, Jamie Kennedy is dorky and his wife is successful and, um, you know, and pretty. I mean, you know, they don't they they seem like they're trying to. And then to make it worse, they have a dog, which is exactly what Jim Carrey's best friend was his dog. That's what I asked you. I was like, is, I feel like the dog's name was um, it was Milo o- Oda, Otis in the in the last one. It wasn't. No, it was, it was Milo. Milo. And they named this one Otis as Milo and Otis. Get it, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, like, little jokes that they tried to do here, and I completely get it. And I think they might have been on to something that could have been a lot more fun if they just figured things out a little more. This is one of those movies that they had a bigger concept, but bringing it to the screen just did not work. And I think a lot of that 
has to do with some of the effects and stuff like that. I, I it's fascinating. The whole damn movie is fascinating because the 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 creators of the comic book, right? Um, it's a uh, Mike Richardson, Doug Mankey, and John John Arcudu, Arcudu. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. They they worked on the comic, and uh, the one creator he made the comic up and kind of pitched it to Dark Horse, and he was like the running publisher, head of the publishing. Came up with the idea, but then these other two guys came along and kind of made it a success. But the comic was never big, and it was extremely gritty and violent. So making it into this, and that's something we see a lot with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Also gritty comic book, very dark. They kill people. Then they did this really big cartoon. The Mask did the same kind of thing. But the problem is that concept, what they based it around, they're like, what if we took North, you know, Norse mythology and Loki's mask and like had this whole thing and mixed it in with Tex Avery cartoons Mm -hmm. and we'll have the mask. It'll be insane. What if Tex Avery, sorry, I'm whistling out of my teeth. I think what if Tex Avery had, um, had the powers of a God as disposal. That's a cool concept. And this movie's like, Hey, let's go with that a little more. Let's have the main character of this film be a comic book creator or wanting to be an artist of cartoons. And let's even have his name be Avery, right? So it's Tex Avery. And they're they're like, oh, we're going to do all these references to the original source material. And by doing that, we can have the animation and the stuff go lunatic and completely go Tex Avery cartoons to me, that might have worked, but in 2005, how many kids were laughing at Tex Avery cartoons? None. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there was a there's a little bit of it that worked in the 90s with Jim Carrey doing it. Yeah. But seeing Jamie Kennedy, okay, let's because on the show we, <laughs> I didn't even say the whole thing. What the show is, uh. We, we we talk out the show. We rip it up. We talk about the we, movies that we nobody... We talk out the movies. Yeah, we talk out the movies that nobody really wants to talk about or, you know, the movies that people either hate or forgot about or just completely think is just, like, mediocre. And we try to talk those movies out and see if we like them by asking the question, is this the worst movie ever made? And if not, what is? So by doing that, we're going to spoil the whole plot because most of the time... We don't think you should see this. And I think plenty of people have seen this. And the rest of the people who haven't don't want to see this. True. So here we are doing it. Yeah, now. well, we're doing this because it was recommended to us. But we did we, we did have this movie on our radar. We know about this movie. I just never wanted to watch it because I, I myself am not a huge Jamie Kennedy fan. I think that he's kind of a goober. And I'm just not, like, into his... You know, after this movie, he made Kicking It Old School and a bunch of trash. Was that before or after No, it was this? after this. Wow, I cannot believe he and, was uh, still making, well, he getting was the making chance. crap, you know? Yeah. He was making crap. He did some, like, made-for-sci-fi movie after this. I mean, it. This is not, when I tell you, I feel like this movie was a career-ending thing that he made. This it was a bad decision. I, I really believe that because I, I feel bad for him. But what, what comedian... And the beginning of his career not becoming a huge thing wouldn't take a main movie for two million dollars. Who wouldn't take that? I mean, I guess you're right. It's it's a nice paycheck, but after reading a script like this and like knowing that the the CG is going to be freaking awful, 
I'm well, sure he didn't really know. He, he didn't know. But and he I had mean, a lot of things to say about this later on. He actually made a documentary based around the making of this thing. Oh wow! I'm I'm really curious about that. Yeah, he uh, he, he was um, he has a whole he did a whole essay like kind of video on YouTube just talking about what happened behind the scenes and how 34 minutes of this movie were cut, saying that what ended up happening was like a clusterfuck of CGI and just ADHD. He said it's the movie cut out all the scenes that give it weight, mm-hmm. so everything just comes off insane and too quick and and you can see that on screen yeah <sighs> god i don't know i mean i guess he couldn't have really known what it was going to be like a you know a critical failure you never really know until it's you know the until you're product. sitting in that theater yeah the finished product night. is out and uh but um yeah well, let's right, talk about, let's the, plot. Talk so about the plot so th- this movie starts off in like and this is funny because this is the only character to cross over between the two movies, Ben Stein. This movie, for some reason, feels like it's a good idea to hire the most dry comedians of all time. We have, not only do we have Ben Stein, who some people might not know, so I'll say he is the, the teacher in Ferris Bueller. Bueller. He had his own Bueller. television show. It was like a game <laughs> show that actually made Jimmy Kimmel famous. Um he and he was a very very dry. He was actually a speechwriter for Nixon. This is a guy who's never really was a, an actor or comedian. It just happened for him. <laughs> well, I guess that's one way of putting it. Anyway, and he's so dry. But to double down, we also get Stephen Wright, one of the most dry comedians of all time. He's a stand-up who's known for just talking slow and being like a wet towel. That's his. That's his whole shtick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to think of where people might know him from. On uh, Half Baked, he's famously the guy who's sleeping on Dave Chappelle's couch. Hey, what day is it? Saturday. Is it January? No, man, it's August. Oh wow, August. <laughs> um, it, it, he is actually very funny, but this movie is like peppering the movie with these lame, just like doing that with the sour notes. So everything else feels so like out of balance. Uh, But this movie starts off. Ben Stein was actually in the first mask. So Mm -hmm. he's back again. And what's odd is he is a museum curator. He is talking about what's going on in the plot. Virtually shit, just trash talking Loki, the God of mischief. Well, the, the funny thing is that Ben Stein is just trash talking this uh loki he's just like shitting on him any way he can he's just like garbage dumping this guy could shapeshift change his form even turn himself into a woman a woman man alive lock up your sons and daughters around that twisted piece of fruit cake i thought <laughs> anyway loki brought nothing but shame to odin and his ill in fact loki was such an unruly child that odin ultimately locked him up in chains far beneath the earth and of course he's standing right there and he wants the mask that's behind the case. And Ben Stein says none of this is real. Like that, like the mask isn't real. It's just some made up it's just thing. A prop. It's a story. It's been handed down for generations and all that. And which is odd because in the first movie, it should be widely publicized that a man was like fighting the mob as a mask creature. I mean, I feel like this was. 
I, how do they not capture this like on the news? Like, how is this not, not a thing? I mean, there's like a green guy, like a green tornadoing around the city. Yeah. A green uh, mask in a, like, a yellow suit. In a yellow zoot suit. And yeah, then yeah. he like, he dances with Cameron Diaz in it the club. It had to be known. It has to be widely known that that happened. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It seems like nobody knows. So they just act like that movie didn't happen. Yeah. Well, this movie actually starts in Edge City, which is where the first movie took place. And at the end of that movie, he threw the mask out into the ocean and ended up with Cameron Diaz while his friend um, and his dog jumped in the water to fight over it. Um, what's odd here is that we see that Loki is searching for the mask and he tortures Ben Stein by cutting off his face and putting his face in a, in a glass case, which you think also would be all over the news that... Ben Stein's face was removed. I mean, people were running and screaming when this was happening in the museum. Yeah. And they saw all of this going on, that there was some crazy green, like, masked lunatic with sorcery coming out of him. People take that pretty okay in this movie. Yeah, but, you know, then, you know, when things started shattering and stuff, then they started running and screaming because they got scared. Yeah. So I get it. And then he like made his hands into like little guns and stuff like he was firing on. It was just so cartoony. It, it was like Roger Rabbit, you know, when they do all that stuff. So they're running. People are running and screaming out of the museum. And I was going to motion to you, but I just forgot about it because I, I don't think I cared at that moment. But I was going to say, did Ben Stein ever get his face back? No, we never find out about what happened <laughs> here. Like his face was in the like in the case in the glass case and like his body was still walking around and he was trying to guide trying to his, for his body face. back to his face i was like oh my god can, <laughs> can i say something that might be controversial sure i thought this scene was kind of funny okay i thought ben stein was kind of funny because he's taking it pretty well and the joke is that he's just like oh my face and he's like his face is flying off he's like I'm claustrophobic, by the way. He's saying all this stuff. <laughs> he had just had his face removed, and he's taking it pretty funny. And I thought, okay, yeah, this is dry. I can see this is kind of funny. Like, this is not that bad. And the movie starts from here, and I was like, maybe there's going to be something funny here. Maybe there's going to be a little... Because I think when I'm going into a movie like this, when I've already heard that it's like one of the worst movies ever made, I'm expecting dreadful stuff especially since we do this all the time we watch bad movies all the time i think i'm expecting the worst well i'm not gonna so lie i was i was watching it and i was like all right i got a giggle already in the opening and i'm seeing alan cumming uh who uh like i said before he's from broadway and stuff like that but he's done a lot of movies and uh he he was nightcrawler nightcrawler and x2 uh Unfortunately, didn't get more of that character, which but is a shame. He was a very endearing character in X2. He played it great. And I like him. He brings energy to the screen. He There's something about him. He just brings a likability. And it mm-hmm. also seems like he is enjoying his job regardless of what material he's doing. That's true. And I, I don't know what it is about him. He um, I can never, I've always been shocked that he's not bigger. But um, I'm sure that it's probably because he maybe comes off like a jerk in real life and who knows i don't know but i automatically saw him and ben stein and i was like okay if this is like a sign of things to come i've seen worse so far and now what happens is we see 
we cut away because Loki's like, this isn't the real mask. The one in the museum is actually made. I think that there's a running joke where he keeps finding masks that were made in other countries. Mm-hmm. Just props. And Ben Stein's like, it's a prop. Well, we see the real mask has now been flushed out of the uh, the ocean or wherever the hell he threw the mask. And it is now falling down into the next neighboring city, which is Fringe City. And it is washing upon a stream. Of course, the dog in the movie, who's almost identical to the dog in the first one. Yeah, I said that too. I was like, this is yeah. so crazy. Why do they have to do that? They can't Who, even get a different dog. Yeah, Come it's on. kind of strange. And I will say the dog is great. I mean, he is. He's cute. The dog, the dog is actually likable. There's some stuff with the dog that's actually kind of fun. Um, well, the dog finds the mask and, of course, picks it up. For some reason, him biting the mask isn't making it stuck onto his face. That's confusing. Yeah, I was going yeah. to, when I told you I had questions, I was like, okay, this dog is able to pick up the mask. With his teeth, it should already yeah. be sucking onto his face, because that's what the mask famously does. If it gets close to your face, it jumps onto it, like a <laughs> like a face hugger. Yeah. Well, now, I will say, what's odd here is that the mask works at any time of day. In the original, it only works at night. Is that right? Yeah, Jim Carrey couldn't get it to work during the day, but when he when he put, tried to put it on at night, he'd become the mask. It was like that joke about how Batman during the day is Bruce Wayne, but at night he's Batman. So it's kind of like a joke about mm-hmm. how at night you become someone else. In this movie, it doesn't matter. They're throwing out the mythology already. Yeah, because it seems like everything changes yeah. this time. And what we find out now, for some reason, that never happened in the original, is that Odin is asking, Odin, by the way, is Bob Hoskins from Roger Rabbit uh, and what we've already done on the show, the Mario Brothers, playing Mario Mario. Eh. <laughs> and Bob Hoskins here is playing Odin. He is he is so dressed up and he is hamming it up like a mother and he is going nuts. And I guess what's going on is he's telling Loki that he needs to go find this mask. That he has lost the mask and he needs to go find it. And Loki's supposedly banished from um, Asgard, and he's looking for the, uh, the the mask. But I guess he's been screwing around for God knows how long while be, being banished. Because in the first movie, he never interacted, and neither did Odin. Right. So here, he's on a quest to find it. But of course, it washed up on a stream. The dog finds it and brings it to his family. Now, this is where we meet our new family, our main characters. And that's Jamie Kennedy who's playing the husband in this this relationship and is um his wife who are with another couple seeing that they have five hideous children <laughs> and they have just had a new baby and they these children already are the epitome of like wanting to never have a baby okay let me just clarify what you just said okay first of all they're not hideous because they're ugly children they're hideous they're on just... every account they're, Actually, one of them is in his underwear with sunglasses <laughs> on, and he's punching Jamie Kennedy in the nuts. They're just really bad children. Yeah. I'm not saying that because they're redheads, because I am a redhead myself, okay? Uh, so, nothing to do with being a redhead. You're a beautiful ginger, and everyone loves you. I think they purposely but, picked ginger kids to make it look worse. Uh, they weren't all gingers. I'm but I will saying, say that it looked like a nightmare scenario. They where, were like, a nightmare. This couple just kept on popping them out one after the other. And the, it, you could just tell there was no, like, sense of, like, self anymore. Yeah. So this is where we 
automatically learn what we're in for. The movie's going to be about a husband and wife who the wife wants to have a child and the husband doesn't want to grow up and doesn't know how to uh, or doesn't believe in himself enough to have a child. You know what I mean? That I, I, you've seen the story so many times. Okay. Except here, it's the mask. But here's the thing. I mean, he even explains it in the movie that he wants to be able to accomplish something. I think he's copping out. I, I think that he ought, it truly doesn't want to have children because this entire opening set piece with him is just him being completely oblivious to his relationship. Mm-hmm. He, it seems like they want to have two ways to go with this because later on, you kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. But I think the opening of this movie is suggesting that he was just saying that to to shut her up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. This is one of those movies that like the there's only one scenario. The couple can only have a child and if they don't, they're not a normal couple and they can't be in love. Mm-hmm. That's the movie. Yeah, well, seen it before. We can't stand that shit anyway cuz as a childless couple, we are pretty happy with our life and uh you know, we we don't live that situation yeah. where like they just you know, the woman is pushing for a kid and the guy is just like, uh, yeah. we, we don't deal with that shit. It's this whole idea that in movies that women must have children and they can't be in a relationship unless they, they can have that. No, it's a 30-year-old rule. That's what I call it. The 30-year-old rule. So as soon as a woman hits 30, they start having a freaking nervous breakdown. Oh my God, I need to get married. Oh my God, I need to have kids. I need to have a house. I need to have this. And it's just like a, a it's almost like a, a a crisis. It's yeah. a crisis. And I know many women have gone through that. There, that's definitely a thing. And there's also a thing of guys who want kids. Like, there's this idea that that doesn't exist, but it does. We know plenty no, of men. We know plenty who of men want who children. want children. And so that it can be both ways, but there is a thing with movies that has to portray women and men in certain lights. Yeah. And it's, it's I would annoying. say, it's a cliche. It's a writing cliche and it, it's lazy. Mm hmm. And here we are going into the lazy situation. And, and the way that they portray the man is also another lazy cliche where he doesn't pay attention. He's completely cut off and he's playing a Nintendo DS, mm-hmm. right? And he's in the car playing it like he's the child. And I'm like, here we go. There's no, there's no possibility for a person or a man or a woman to enjoy any kind of other, you know, activities, Unless they're trying to portray one as a nerd. You know what I mean? And so that's what this movie's doing. They're heavily complying that he's just a nerd idiot and that he just can't be a man at all. He can't take care of them. He can't do anything. And, and it's like... Which is weird because they cliche. really do have a pretty nice house with, you know, pretty nice decor and well, it's... Well, the other end of that spectrum is that the woman is very successful. And, and so and what, at least that's a, What does she do? She is the head of some company... Okay, they're they're always ahead of some company. Yeah, like, it's like all right. She's the regional manager for some kind of business. They mention it, could hardly remember it. It's just kind of like a throw it away line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's telling him like, child has to happen. Now, what's really funny about this couple is that he says he doesn't want a child, and she does, and that he he can't get on board with it. But when they get home, we see that. They do have a child. They have a dog who they treat like a child. This man, this dog has its own bunk bed room. He literally has his own bedroom. And this is like, okay, we're talking with a dog house inside the room with bunk beds. 
and toys everywhere. Yeah, like and he it's literally all decked has... out in bone wallpaper. Yes. I, I was like, okay, you're kidding. I don't know what's worse, okay? I just don't know what's worse. Dog owners that act like that and, like, make their dog, like, their kid where, like, they're dressing them up in clothing and taking them out in their little strollers to the mall and shit. Or, you know, people or women who want a baby. Yeah, I mean, that goes, that bad. It, it goes hand in hand, right? I mean, like, it really like does I'm at the end of the day. Taking crazy pills. Like, it's it's outrageous. Like, w- w- really? <laughs> this fucking dog has a bigger bedroom than I do. Like, yeah, this, I agree. This is I know. stupid. I, I just can't. <laughs> like, what are you feeding this animal? He's going to eat some freaking tofu and some, you know... <laughs> caviar and sip well, some wine i i found it fascinating that dog. they would go with this because i'm like you just you just established that they don't have time for a child and this man doesn't want to have a child while taking care of a dog yes but who built this fucking that's room? what i'm saying he went this far for this dog he yeah. it's his best friend we so, established that throughout the movie yeah so i'm like if he's going this and he's all about his job and what he does for what he wants to do and his dream job then this dog would also be a kind of a a problem for him. Yeah, but it seems like he made time to do all that. That's my point. Painting the dog house and painting the room so and doing all this shit. That's a confusion here. That's like if Seth Rogen's character knocked up, had a dog, and treated it like a a child. You know, you know he. You know, no, that's up. That goes against it. He's too lazy. He's too spoiled. He doesn't want to go out of his way and do other things like. You get you get that. Yeah. And so that's funny. Having this happen doesn't really make sense to it. No, it yeah. doesn't at it, all. Maybe if they weren't able to have a child and that was a strain on a relationship because they were not able to have a child, that maybe this would have made more sense. I agree. And maybe they're talking about other ways to do it and then it just happens and that's the chaos that comes from it. Instead, the movie's like, no, we have to go with this, but we also need a dog because the first one had a dog. It's very odd. And also the comic book had a dog. So we have to go with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We, so he basically would just watch him being spoiled with the dog and the dog being great. And him and the dog actually kind of cute. It's not that awful. It's like The not dog's t- not a scene stealer until later on. I, I guess. I mean, it's just this scene made us smile. Like, look at this dog has his own room and he's mm-hmm. like living pretty large. Yeah. Um. But the problem is the dog has brought him the mask. Now, it just so happens that what he does for a living, well, his dream is to be a cartoonist because he is basically Tex Avery. He is Avery. So he he wants to create a cartoon series. He's been working on his whole life, but he works at a animation place. I guess it's supposed to be like Pixar. I don't know, but there's a lot of people working there. Yeah, and they all work for... Jeffrey Wright, who's the head artist, like I guess he created a bunch of stuff. They all look like they're working at Pixar, that idealistic Pixar mm-hmm. where everybody's dressed in colorful clothes. And the movie also can't make sense of what it is because all the houses are cartoony. This is almost like Barbie recently where everything's like pastels and weird colors and vibrant mm-hmm. and very, very unique. Like they, their house is gigantic. Multiple rooms, which is weird for later on, and it is huge living rooms and big doorways. It it just seems cartoon, cartoon, you know? Yeah. Like going out of its way to be cartoonish. Yeah. It was over the top for sure. Yeah. Um, but and, the the dog 
Well, it just so happens. Uh, what I wanted to say real fast is that um, it just so happens that it's Halloween. Now we <laughs> see that at his job, this Avery guy, Jamie Kennedy. His name is Tim. Tim. Yeah. Instead of Tex Avery, Tim yeah. Avery. He uh, is actually a mascot. I guess one of their big cartoons is a turtle. So he dresses up as a turtle. You know, I forgot all about that. Yeah. He was wearing that costume. He is a turtle mascot who gives tours around the company. He doesn't even animate for the company, although he has an animation degree, and he's a good animator. And his best friend, now this is funny, is Cal Penn, which was kind of surprising to see Cal yeah, Penn be popping up in this movie. nothing to the table. Nothing. Who does some kind of work as a, uh, um, a mo- mocap? He does mocap work for them, yeah. which is really odd for this company that does animation. I thought that was a little strange, but he, uh, they, they, we basically hear about how he should go talk to the boss and get his foot in the door. And Cal Penn talks him into that and he tries. And, uh, the boss isn't actually not, you think he's going to be a jerk. There is also a guy who works with him who's supposed to be a jerk. And this is going to have that other dynamic that's a cliche in all these movies that he works with the one asshole that's trying to take his job. Oh, yeah. That's here, but it never comes in. It doesn't mean a fucking thing. They they mention him. They say his name a lot. Mm-hmm. They never do anything with that. Nope. And his boss is kind of like, look, I don't like your idea, but your my door is always open to hear your pitches, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean... He, Not a bad boss. Yeah, it, it's like they had the cliche of the dickhead, you know, uh, co-worker that's probably vying for, you know, top top guy in the in the firm or whatever, but... This boss is not at all like what you would expect immediately. Like, no. I thought he was going to be like dismissive and be like, you know, no, fuck off. I, I don't, I'm not interested in anything you have to say. Like one of those kind of people. No, not at all. He was cool. Yeah. And uh, so it just so happens that there's a Halloween party and it just so happens that the dog found the mask. And so, of course, Jamie Kennedy can't find a mask for his costume to go to the Halloween costume. Content, I think. Now he's known for being the mascot, so I, I don't even know why it matters that he dresses up more. And what's really strange is his wife is not coming with him to the Halloween party. In fact, she just goes to bed early. That's yeah, really strange. It's weird. It, their relationship is so weird. He does grab the mask to bring it with him as a backup Halloween part of his costume, and he's trying to dress like a zombie. And when he gets to the party, he, he as they're, he's driving up to the driveway and they're taking their cars, he just randomly puts the mask on while he's driving, by the way. And then this is when he becomes what I would say is the door cell battery characters. Remember those <laughs> things? I don't know. I know a lot of people don't remember these commercials, but back in the day with these weird door cell characters that were like plastic mannequin people. Yeah. And they had these giant teeth. I hated them. Big they were heads. scary. Yeah. He becomes that. And it's so clear that the teeth that Jamie Kennedy is wearing are making him unable to speak. Oh, yes. So he is struggling. And so I would say that the rest of every time he's in this, the mask character or big head is the comic books used to call him. Whenever he becomes that character, he seems like he's got, he's overdubbed. Like he is 80, 80 yard off his lines. He's also doing a very bizarre voice that almost doesn't even sound like a character he does. It doesn't sound like him doing that. It doesn't sound that. like him. No. But also, um, uh, when I mentioned earlier that there's changes to the mask, he now has hair. But Orange hair. It's like plastic 
orange hair. It looks terrible. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't like looking like I, at least with Jim Carrey as the mask, he was there was something cute about him. I don't know what it was, but his you know bald head and everything and his big teeth. He just he did it right. Everything looked right, but with this character, I feel very put off by looking at him. Yeah, he's off putting, and and I would say that ninety percent of his dialogue and jokes don't land smokey causes cancer and it's very odd to watch it's i I would say this and i I don't know if we've ever done this before on the show because i don't think we've done many comedies but comedies are my least favorite bad movies to watch because when a comedy is bad it can't get any worse because if the jokes aren't landing you have nothing and if the idea of the jokes don't work the movie's a complete fucking misfire, right? Yeah. And so I, automatically when, when I see a comedy we have, we're going to watch, we're like, I'm like, damn, we're in for trouble because... Yeah, you, I don't it, like it either. You need to have something to gravitate toward. I will say this about this movie, though. I don't... I didn't particularly hate the characters. I found like they were okay. Like they were passable. It was, There's only one that I liked. And I, that was Loki. I mean, I, I, it's not that I hated Jamie Kennedy's character. I just think that they didn't do him like any justice. There's no background story. There's nothing really here that gels into a like a, a fully fleshed character. His wife is fine too. They're just not built up. There's nothing to them. They feel hollow. It, so it is, I think that's yeah, a big problem going in the movie. But it's blank. It's bl- it's, it's very blank. blank. And the girl, I don't think she has any charisma or any kind of like chemistry with him at all there's nothing there with her i don't know why they chose her it's uh well again that comes down to needing more of them being together she is virtually written out of this movie a couple times in this movie they find plot devices to get her out uh, for big chunks of the movie and i think that that works against the film because i feel like they're taking away that dynamic for making the movie itself work. Well, because they have to make it. Yeah, because it becomes about things, something else, you know? and I, I would say that that probably is the biggest problem. But we're gonna get to that. Um, now let's we're talk about when that. Jamie Kennedy becomes the mask, right? So Jamie Kennedy becomes the big head mask character. He, he, his first, first off, he's doing all the shtick. He's pulling out things that are like puns, mm-hmm. and then he goes and bizarrely, kind of almost sexually harasses a woman okay can we talk about this so he's i'm very bothered by this this scene simply because it's i I know that the mask is you know when jim carrey did it he was very like oh hey baby you know type deal but i don't recall this level where like he literally jamie kennedy sees this woman standing across the room and his eyeballs bug out like you know ooh la la type deal he says hey you better cover up there or you're gonna what did he say catch a cold or something like that you better cover up young lady you might get just cold what am i thinking (laughs) 
guess. So he he bundles her up with bandages like a mummy, and then he spins her so like all the bandages come off and then she's wearing a completely different outfit almost like lingerie which is like sexualized almost like a vampirilla outfit yeah and he spins she spins into cal pen now this turns out i know what happened here this is actually established in dialogue which is really weird because it just comes out of nowhere uh earlier when you see cal pen it's just an off put line where he says that he he goes, you should go talk to the boss. And he said, you should go talk to that girl. Uh, mm-hmm. They work with a girl that he apparently really likes. Now, oh, yeah, you should go talk to Stacy. Yeah, this is the girl. Yeah. So he spins her into some sexually outfit into Cal Penn, who Cal Penn catches her. And then she says, oh, him. She falls in love with him in a moment. And then he says, thank God. Thank you. Yeah. It it's so, so odd. So odd. Like, These first, ca- that character... Never comes back. No, she never comes back. But She's then, like, it's weird that Jamie Kennedy's mask character would even do something like that because he doesn't do anything like that the rest of the movie. Yeah, which puts in the question, and I would say everything that happens here puts in the question, does the mask, is he another character? Is he another person? And is Jamie Kennedy remembering everything he did as the mask? Because that's questionable. I forget, does does Jim Carrey remember? Well, that's the thing. Jim Carrey, it's... The mask is bringing out all these crazy things. It's not... Because Jim Carrey, actually, she doesn't like in, in the original mask. She's kind of into the fact that she's he's all over her and she, he's dancing and doing all this stuff. But that's not what she likes. And he's getting rapey in that movie as well. And she's kind of off-put at one point. And he rips off the mask because he says... I'm sorry, he's a the other person that I was becoming is a jerk. And I and she's like, I actually like you better as without the mask. So that's like a whole thing is like he's not it's like all these heightened like cardinal versions of him. So it's almost like he's becoming another character, which is why I'm questioning what everything that happens here is why was he Googling a coworker? And then he goes okay. The party is so dull, apparently, that he goes into an entire musical number because the first one did it, and the first one was successful, and it made it a song, and people loved it, and everybody was singing it, and it's kind of like stuck with everybody. So they had to try it again, right? The problem is here, it's awful. It's dreadful. Dreadful. I mean, to the point where, like, I was like, oh, my God, please make this stop. This is embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. He... Like, it, when Jim Carrey did it, it was fun. It was like, okay, you know, this is... This is funny. This yeah. is cute. And he and Cameron Diaz were dancing together and stuff. And I thought that was cute. Yeah. And and, and what, what's uh, what's cool is in the 90s trying to do the swing and the the the, oh, the, the whole Cuban beat thing that he was going for there mm-hmm. and trying to do something crazy and out of character. Here, we get nothing nothing like 2005 says white rap. Yeah, French city in the house. Yeah. What? What? This is the part where you did. I know. It's like, oh God, why would they think this was a good idea? And it's him like rapping, but then 
what what else says 2005? He becomes Neil Diamond? Hard in the way that I stare. No one else who can compare. The sight of you leaves me weak. There are no words left to speak. So if you feel like I feel, please let me know that it's real. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> who, who do they think that was for? It looked like, I don't know, he had this black plastic hair he was like neil diamond and then his like chest became hairy i'm like okay but the mask he could do he can make himself in anything so okay fine but then he just kept changing the characters and he became like what looked like uh like the singer of color me bad in the 90s with the freaking like you know blue suit with the pink shirt underneath and like they were all like you know that 90s oh, suit oh it's look? the big baggy yeah yeah clothes yeah yeah, yeah. It, yeah. and uh I, he just kept changing his characters but the, it just they kept doing different renditions of the same song in different like tones of music and different types of music and it just didn't hit it just yeah. didn't he even turns into a country singer and does a parody country version of voice It's not like it's actually appreciating country. It's actually shitting on it. And what's really odd is he's also making everybody who's at the party turn into different outfits for different songs and do different dances with them. Now, nobody's nobody's like reacting to the fact that their clothes are magically changing. Right. Now, did Jim Carrey, was he able to do that? Because I know that Loki can do that. He can make anything happen or change anything or... Whatever, but I don't recall Jim Carrey changing anything like that. Does he not spin Cameron Diaz and put her in a different dress, or does do, does he? he not do stuff like I that? I can't like remember. A sparkly short dress. She was wearing like a tight red thing. At yeah. One point. There's also like a black dress with white. I, I don't. I don't remember if he he actually does. He can physically change other people, but I'm not gonna put it past him. Now, what's odd is now I, I think this is even more off putting. After he does all this, of course, everybody at the party is like, yeah, this is the best party now. And everybody's clapping at the end of the song that the song doesn't actually end. It just abruptly ends. It just comes to an end. And everybody's like, yes, <laughs> best song ever. Now, this is where it makes Jim Carrey, I mean, not uh, Jim Carrey, I wish, uh, Jamie Kennedy just all of a sudden go, okay, now I'm going to leave the party. And he zips all the way out, uh, leaves his car and zips all the way home gets into bed where his wife is laying above the covers in what looks like a bikini. I, I said this. It looked like an orange bikini. It was just really strange lingerie or whatever. As the mask, he has sex with her. And now I question, is that appropriate that he kind of... I mean, it's kind of rapey. It's kind of rapey that he... And we know that this is true because he isn't all he doesn't really remember it very well because the next day everybody's like, I can't believe you did all that. And he's kind of like, uh, what did I? Do? Oh, yeah, I did. Stuff. He doesn't remember anything. He doesn't seem like he understands what he has done. And he's not even second guessing that I became another character last night. And what's even more nuts is that everybody's happy about it. And everybody says that he they know it's him. There's no yeah. reason anybody should know it's him. 
Right. They, because there's like a whole joke about showing his work ID and he, when he shows it, it's still the mask. Right. So so how do they know it's him? I don't think anybody should know it's him. It doesn't even But they look all like him. do. They were saying that he used the uh, special effects. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck but they're like, talking about. It, the the strange part about this is like, okay, he goes to this party, he knows he's driving to the party, he remembers putting the mask on, but he himself, as the character of Tim Avery, does not know what happened at the party. So wouldn't that give you, and then he wakes up the next morning with the mask in his hand. Yeah, so wouldn't that give you like some kind of iota like, oh, something really fucked up happened last night. Yeah. I think it dropped to the floor and the dog took it. Yeah, the, I guess the dog I, took it. I don't know just... what happens there, but yeah, he and he he doesn't think twice about it, like even sex wise. No, because and and I know this is true because now he gets his boss calls him just because he came to a party and made it fun. His boss now promotes him to another floor into another in another position in the company. So he's like, I got a promotion, and his wife's like, I got a better news. I'm pregnant. Like this is like the next day. It's the next day, how, and he says, how? "How is that possible? When when do we have sex last?" And I'm like, "Well, that's sad." But yeah. also, he, it's like he doesn't remember having sex last night. Right. He but also doesn't. How could that be possible that I got you pregnant from last night? Because he had sex with her as the mask. That's so what I'm saying. It, he impregnated her with a mask baby. <laughs> and so what we're learning, almost instantly is that the mask is what impregnated her yeah because he had some it seems like his dna is now the mask and the baby is growing at rapid they don't even talk about it it just happens no nope, they're not even taking the doctor's just like laughing about it because he she burps bubbles instead of throw up um and the mask they show in the uh, the sonogram the baby's like dancing and he actually does the Cuban beat song from the first one. Okay. This is where the movie gets out of control ridiculous. From this minute on, the they show that Jamie Kennedy's looking at the sonogram of the live recording of the baby in the womb. And he ha- he puts on a hat in the womb. In the womb. And it has maracas. Now, what I question is, how does the baby know anything about that kind of stuff? In exactly. That because later on, he learns everything through TV. Yes, true. Now, is this Jamie Kennedy just going crazy and seeing this? Well, that's At a first, joke in the movie, too. I thought that he was just losing his mind. Because I know that this movie is supposed to be playing on the, the childish side of things. Like, it's supposed to be childish and ridiculous. It's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, I want to talk about that, too. But go ahead. But the fact that at this moment in time... Now, this woman's carrying this child. So if this child is a little bit rambunctious in the womb, I feel like she would know that something's up. You know, something's not right with the kid. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's odd, too, because I think we see lights in her belt, like on on her belly. Yeah. Uh, There's movement. They know that the baby is instantly grown. Mm -hmm. She has the baby very Which quickly. Which seems like, I mean, literally within a couple of days. It's yeah. really creepy. And she's not thinking about this at all. Nope. Now, what's even more strange is that she has the baby, and now we just learned that they have kicked the dog out of the house into the backyard into a normal dog house. Now, first off, this is a huge house. You're telling me there's not another room. Right. 
That's strange. Right. It's so odd. It's they're odd. just setting that up so the dog can be bitter. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> so there's a plot line here. Um, now, the, the dog has stolen the mask out of jealousy from being kicked out and having the baby in the house and losing his status as his owner's best friend, Avery's best friend. So he buries the mask in the backyard in his doghouse while we find out that Loki's traveling from place to place searching for the mask and finding random people that don't have it. And so sooner or later, he's going to catch up to them. And we already know the plot, right? And so what we start learning is that the baby is going to be heavily CGI'd. It's so bad. <laughs> so this is wild animation. It's it's the uncanny valley is strong with this movie. This this movie, it is nightmare level. It's disturbing to look at. It's My like Baby Day season, Out and yeah. all that oh, movie. Yeah. That one was actually better no. CG than this thing. First of all, my whole face, I, I have wrinkles even more so now than um, before on my face because I was cringed the whole time. Like, if cringed is even a word. Like, uh, my face was, like, scrunched up. Like, eh. Like, yeah. I was, like, smelling a hot turd or something. Like, it was just, I couldn't look at the CG. It was so it, bad. It is. It's like that Ally McBeal dancing baby. Uh, right? It's It's just off-puttingly insane Terrible. it's just it's next level disturbing <laughs> there's a scene where jamie kennedy like this baby okay he starts doing like all this crazy stuff like this crazy weird stuff but the best part about it is the mother never sees any of it happening it's she just gets so excited that the baby is like what six months old and can say you know five or can count she doesn't, can count she to five. Hear that. She doesn't hear that. That she's actually gone for that part of the movie. That's a well, whole thing. In the beginning, he she's with him and he's sitting in the crib and she's counting balloons with him. I, I don't know if you saw that part, but I she's did. Like that's when, counting balloons. That's when with the him. first time we really understand the CG because he blows his own head up like a balloon, and the dog sees it. Yeah, but she doesn't. Yeah, she, she doesn't, doesn't of course. Honey, 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 just a second ago, he was counting the balloons. He held up five fingers. That's great, hon. Which doesn't make sense. She should know something's wrong. But uh, what we learn is that he, uh, Tim, is trying to pitch the cartoon. And he's trying to make a successful cartoon based around the mask. And also having a baby and being like, oh, no, I can't. How am I going to do this? I'm going to be a career. So, of course, naturally... That's the time in the movie where the main character's wife has to disappear from the movie going on a business trip, leaving the lead who's just about to pitch his new cartoon that he's his dream job, of course, has to jeopardize that situation because there's no other person in this people's on these people's life. There are no mothers in law there. There is nobody existing in this movie that they know them. They just have to leave the baby with this man because movie demands that this guy learns how to be a father, which I would say he never does, but no, that's okay never. because it, how could you be a father to a demon? <laughs> because the baby is a straight up demon who hates his guts. And the he moment that the him. wife leaves starts saying mama speaking full and then will refuse to say dad tortures him. And he is of course, because he's a terrible father to do his work, to work on the cartoon, he puts the baby in front of a TV and we see him watch Tex Avery cartoons. 
And that's where he learns to like do all the zany, silly stuff that he does. And throughout this whole entire five days that this woman is, you know, on a work trip, this baby destroys this guy's life. Destroys this guy's life and does Tex Avery cartoon joke. And now this is where I, again, I feel controversial. I would feel like if I had seen this at five or ten, I probably would have enjoyed this movie. Because it is so zany, it is so crazy, it is so over the top, and it's kind of funny to watch a baby destroy this man. But as an adult watching this thing, the CG is intense, and it is very off-putting. It's really bad. To make it worse, the dog now wants revenge on this baby, because he hates him for stealing his family, and also kind of can see that the baby's trying to kill like the father <laughs> i mean he clearly is trying to kill jamie kennedy i mean he is he, he's doing so much crazy shit and and then you know it, it i feel like a lot of this though i thought they were gonna say was just in his head like he was just going but that's crazy. an actual plot with the baby yeah but i mean some of it was ridiculous he you know runs through the wall and and he's singing in like that, um, what do you call it? The so WB Frog it's voice. Vaudeville, yeah. So yeah. What, what happens here, he sees the episode of Looney Tunes with the singing frog, frog famously for the WB. Uh, a, the WB. You know, that character. <laughs> That's um, very good. <laughs> he, uh, he, be, he sees that, and that famous, that Looney Tunes episode, the funny joke in that is that he drives the man that has him insane because he doesn't do the singing and dancing when anybody else is around. So yep. the guy actually ends up in an insane asylum. So he sees this and naturally the baby goes, huh, I can have him committed by driving him crazy. So he actually does all of the vaudevillian singing and dancing that the frog does. So now imagine a CG baby dancing like I, I think with the leg kicks and a like lot the... of people re might remember the exact joke is ripped off into Spaceballs with the with the top hat and the cane. They do the exact same thing from that Looney Tunes episode. So imagine a CGI baby doing that scene with the top hat and the cane, which they and took dancing. from Aliens or Alien. They took the whole chest burst scene. Well, they took the chest burst, but they put it in the yeah. uh, WB Frog. Guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They just took the two jokes, um, but. Imagine a baby doing this, and so it's insane, but the dog puts on the mask, and now the dog becomes the mask, and the dog's genius plan now, as the mask, is to kill the baby. So now the dog goes after the baby, while the baby's driving the husband insane, and now I would say that this bit, I want to give the movie a little credit. I know that it's like one of those things where people are just like, no matter what, it sucks, but the movie actually sets up a huge, elaborate uh, Rube Goldberg machine type joke where they're having um, an entire set piece where the dog, the baby has figured out the dog is trying to get him and is wearing the mask. And so they have a fight and the baby sets up an entire trap that goes around the house, torturing the dog. And it is way better done than it has any right being. It's not that the jokes are landing. It's just, holy shit, they worked really hard on this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they deserve a little credit. It is pretty decent. And it looks like it's using practical and, and CG at the same time. And I'm going to give them a little credit. They probably worked 
extremely hard on. I want to give them credit for it. And I actually thought, you know what? This is well done. So yeah, good on them. But uh, the problem is, again, CG overload. See, it's too much in your face. Off-putting CGI. I couldn't overload. take it. The, like this, the baby. There's like one scene where he's driving to work, and he has the kid in this in the back seat, and he says, "Oh my God, I need an exorcist." And the baby actually spins his head around and then vomits green. And this, at this point in the movie, is when, after going to every single person's house who has given birth on that very day that the, this baby was born he finally and i'm talking about loki comes to the house and he yeah do you want to, just for a mention uh that's where uh alan cumming is having a lot of fun he gets yeah. to do like 50 characters while going to other people's houses he keeps doing crazy characters and he seems like he's having a ball yes good afternoon may i come in what a lovely a Oh my, and such a less carpet. You're exactly the kind of person the Vacuumizer 3000 was invented for. Well, if I don't clean up, no one will. That is why you need a Vacuumizer 3000. It has dual sleeve, durable aircraft, gentle bundle, multi-step uncoated building, and a beltless direct drive design that is so powerful, it sucks the dirt off the dirt. Is that safe? Allow me to demonstrate. Who yeah. knows if he really is in real life, I but mean, he did seem he, like he was having fun. Yeah, he gets to wear all these different outfits. So he's he's Dude literally voices. got the list. He went to the, um, I guess, the social security office and got a list of all the babies that were born on this particular day. And he needs to find... Which is odd. How the hell did yeah, he Yeah, how would that? he know... Yeah, how would he know that? What day it was what born? What day he was born? Okay. I guess it was the day that was Odin said there was a baby born? Yeah, I guess. All right, okay. That's weird. I guess Odin said it, but... Whatever, it doesn't matter. So he I has see. a list of a million babies, and so he has to go to every single person's house to test the baby to see if they're actually the mask. And he goes through a bunch of babies, he gets to wear a bunch of costumes to try and pretend, you know, to try and, like, charm his way into the front door to test the baby. And then he finally comes to their house, Jamie Kennedy's house, and he's like, oh, this isn't the baby, which... I found that really weird because he didn't even do anything. Because he's been asking all the babies to do something. And the, and because the joke is that the baby's trying not to do the, the stuff in front of anybody else but Jamie Kennedy to make him feel he's insane. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything. So right. he gives up. Loki just gives up. And There's no other test. Just Yeah, he just gives up and he goes back to his car. And at this moment, he sees Jamie Kennedy walking the baby to his car and putting him in the back seat. And it's at that moment where he says, oh, my God, I need an exorcist. And the baby vomits green all over the car, like neon green. And it's it's oh, They put like green screen overlap on the, sc- yeah. uh, the car. It looks so bad when he moves the car. And so Alan Cummings like, oh, shoot, that's my kid. I got him. Yeah. And he kidnaps the baby. <laughs> yeah. They're like, why? <laughs> yeah, it's so odd. Well, what happens actually is that he follows Jamie Kennedy and the baby to his work and he gets fired. Yes, because Jamie Kennedy shows up looking all disheveled like a freaking oh, hot mess express. I know why, too. I forgot. Yeah, he actually, um, Loki um, goes at him in the street. And uh, he actually pulls out, like, an axe that pulls out guns. It's so comical. And it's some, like everything Roger rabbit And it's funny because it's like that joke in uh, Gremlins 2 where all the people are passing by as the gremlins are attacking uh, 
the Futtermans. Yes. And the funny joke in the Gremlins too is that it's New York, so no one gives a shit. No one cares. Um, but here, it, it's you, the people are looking, and actually, one guy comes and tackles Loki to save them with the child. And the funny thing is that Jamie Kennedy's taking it okay and goes to work anyways. Yeah, he shows up all like messed up looking. Because he just met Loki. He and looks he says like a trainer. He just met Loki. He, he looks like a, like a, yeah, he's been through something. And so his boss, obviously, is, is it Stephen? Stephen Wright. Right? Yeah, he's like, what, what are you doing? You look like a, what does he say? A homeless person? Which is funny because, and you show up with a baby, and he told them, I have a newborn baby. But the baby's not newborn. It's he's he's you know at least a couple months old. But he did say, "Yeah, my wife's out of town. My wife's out of care. town. I'm not gonna be able to do this thing. They're gonna have the meeting." And then he's mad at him for showing up with the baby, right? And I'm like, he warned you guys that this was gonna be a problem. Well, they yeah. fire him, and he's now just messed up. And when he gets home, that's when there's another battle between Loki, the child, and Jamie Kennedy. There's a whole battle between them where Loki like unf- like just makes flamethrowers, a bomb, he shoots it at them. It just goes over the top. It's all puns. And the baby starts protecting them from blowing up. Can I talk about my favorite scene in the movie now? Can I? Is it skipping? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, I guess. No, not really. They, Is this... the wife home already? No. So this is when he pretends. He walks in the house and he pretends that he's her. Remember? Yeah. And then he, he says, oh, and she goes, he goes, oh, my God, you're home. You're home. And he goes, no, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's wearing the wig. He's wearing, he's wearing like, the wig like her. That's the stuff <laughs> that I was talking about. That's kind of fun. With, uh, he's having so much fun. And yeah. so they also turn that he also turns a nosy neighbor into a giant nose. And I couldn't stop staring at it. Like, is that a prosthetic? Because that looks pretty damn good. It looked it had, like a big looked like a mask. real nose. Yeah, it did. It looked like a big mask. It was kind of. It was kind of. Yeah, I was like, that's actually not so bad. That's kind of neat kinda looking. Neat. But my favorite fucking part of this movie, and I still I can't get past it, is the fact that Alan. Okay, Alan coming as Loki, he could literally do anything or yeah. make anything or be anything, and the way he <laughs> kidnaps this kid. <laughs> He doesn't, he could easily just pick up the kid and walk out the front door, but that's not what he does. He decides that it's a good idea to make a stick, a comical stick of dynamite and shove it up his asshole. He shoves it up his, a TNT up his <laughs> ass and I could not understand what was happening. I said, did like, he wait, do this? I almost wanted you to pause it because I'm like, wait, that's not where that, that I think it is, right? It's not up his Butthole. I said yes, it is. It was a, it was literally up his butthole, hanging out of his butt, and it was it was lit. The fuse was lit, and he grabs the baby, and then the dynamite blows up and shoots him out of the top of the roof. And I would say that I never even remember saying it, like seeing it blow up. I just remember it shooting up into oh the air. God. And I was like, is it going to blow up now? Like, oh what was the point of the TNT? Oh, my God. I cannot take it. It is up his ass. It's I, I, up his ass. Oh, it's really, there's so much here with like, with him fighting the baby. And it is just, oh, my God, is it next it's level so bad strange. looking. It is so weird. But the wife comes home. And the real one. She the finally real comes wife. Home. But Jamie Kennedy doesn't know that, so he literally beats the shit out of his wife. Uh, I he thought this was funny. Like, yeah. He like tries to give her whiplash and snap her neck and stuff. He's and pe- I was like, slamming her head into the ground. Of course, it doesn't it. look real. It just 
We yeah. know he's slamming her into the floor. But the fucking house is completely destroyed, and she's just like, where's my kid? Now, first of all, if she was actually Loki pretending to be her, she wouldn't be like, oh, where's my kid? What happened? You know? She wouldn't be acting like that. Plus, she had all her luggage. And so, at some point, uh, well, Jamie and- Kennedy just lost his shit, started attacking her. Because he thought he came back, and he goes, oh my god, it really is you. And you know how he knows? He grabs her boobs. <laughs> He knows it's his wife. Yeah, that's how he knows it's his wife for real. Oh and my now, god! And then, she, okay, so he starts trying to explain to her, "Look, you're gonna be mad, but Loki, the god of mischief, is real, and he has kidnapped our baby." And she's like, "What?" And so she goes to call the cops, and he's like, "That's not gonna help." You but, know, okay, we have to figure out. He wants the mask. We have to find the do- our dog because our dog has the mask. Well, I was going to motion to you at that point, because I was going to be like, oh my god, okay, she's doing the right thing, she's calling the police, which would be a normal reaction to yes. this. But seeing the house <laughs> with a hole through the ceiling, yeah. and also when she pulled up in the cab, they saw bursts of light above the house because it was him shooting out with TNT in his asshole. <laughs> and so, him, her and the cabbie are like, what the frig oh is going god. on? And you think that she would be like, All right, what happened? Oh, you're not going to believe this. It shot through the ceiling and she saw it. So she should be like, yeah, I think I did see that. But she's like, you're crazy. And she goes, no, the dog, our dog, uh, Otis has the mask. And o- I wait, I know where Otis is. He's with the neighbor's dog because he's in love with the dog. He's trying to get with her. <laughs> so he goes there and we see that <laughs> Otis has, as the mask, is having a picnic he's with a dog. A romantic A romantic dinner. picnic. Where she's dressed in lingerie, and he is dressed in, like, Hugh Hefner. I think she even has, like, a little tiara on her head. Yeah. She's, like, they're, like, having a romantic They have champagne. Dinner. They have everything. <laughs> and, and, by the way, he sounds like a gremlin. I'm laughing at this because it was fucking ridiculous, but it, it was funny. It, it's kind of funny. Like, it's like it's so stupid, but I can yeah. see a five-year-old loving this shit. Yes. I can yes. see that like somebody really young would have loved this. That's why I'm kind of shocked. I know. And that I, so many people hate this they thing. They won't think of anything. Like the, the kids don't like realize, oh my god, he just shoved TNT up his butthole. No. It would have made me <laughs> laugh. Like it would have made me laugh back in the day. I, I, it why would he do that? It make, would make me chuckle. Like now I'm just questioning why would he do that? You know, like um it's off-putting well, i don't like it she sees otis has and she goes that's not otis that's a green-faced dog of some sort some kind of monster and he's like no it's otis my best friend and he's like otis look i'm sorry i gave you like you know i didn't give you enough time and i'm sorry yes. to cut you up because of the baby but the, the baby speech. is going to be your best friend and uh, that's how it should be and i'm like okay this this moment isn't earned no. but otis is able to rip the mask off and give the mask back yeah, but Jamie Kennedy's acting in this scene is so it's like bad. he had the mall. The it was you know what it was. I, I can liken it to Mark Wahlberg's and the crappening. What? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that whole thing. That is exactly how he did the speech in that same voice it, with just the, the delivery was so freaking bad. I was like, please can we just shut this off? I this, can't take no more. This is one of those movies that shows you how important. A film is to have a celebrity or in, in somebody in the lead who gets it and brings something to it. Yeah, like it. People don't know why that's so important because a lot of people say bad acting is on the director. It is, but another actor can sometimes elevate the material, and yeah. I think that's what Jim Carrey did with the original Mask. It's Jim Carrey being 
he knows exactly how to do the jokes, when to put the jokes in, when to make it make sense, and when to be lighthearted. He has so much charisma. Exactly. He He's able to do all that, and he knows. And that's what's funny and shows you that Jamie Kennedy, he's not that good at it. He could do characters, but the problem is that he only relies on making fun of those people and doing imitations. He can't bring anything to it. Some comedians can bring more to it and yeah. make that shit funny. None of that's coming here. And and to be honest with you, Jamie Kennedy isn't allowed to do any of that here. He's so the straight man that it, it's so odd because he's not, you know, he doesn't have charisma. He doesn't have that. He, he doesn't, doesn't have, no. capture the screen. He's not the best all. friend. He's the dork. That's why he works in Scream so well. Yes, he does work in Scream because he he is that that person. They knew exactly that. how to write him and give him material. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but in in this movie, I don't feel like any of these the real people had charisma at all. I mean, except for Alan Cumming, I thought he was bringing it. Yes. He had a great time, and you could tell. And he was just, hey, I'm earning a paycheck for getting to wear these fabulous costumes, and exactly, and my hair is all like crazy, and I get to act like a lunatic, and. He was earning a paycheck for that. He didn't care. But when you're in that role and you're set up for that role, it's different than when you're, you know, Joe Schmo, husband, yeah. father guy, and you have to act a certain way. And Jamie Kennedy just doesn't come off like that. Yeah. Uh, yes. And and it's so apparent in this scene like you're bringing up. But what's even worse is that he goes to give Loki the mask and of course, Loki at this time, while this is all happening, before he can bring him the mask, Loki is bonding with the child. And they are having more cartoony CGI. They're, in fact, the most creepy thing that you can do is play Twister with a baby. <laughs> Wait, you thought, thought that was creepy? What? Who thought that was a good idea? Oh my God. Uh, I, I, I got nothing. I mean, that is why that's a sex game. Like that's like, you know, that's more of a kinky type game that a lot of people use kinky. Like, I mean, I I, I get, do about know that getting adults, bodies on top of each other. Yeah, they'll they'll play like drunken twister and stuff. Back when I was a kid, I would play it with my friends when I was eleven years old. Yeah, I would play but when you get boys involved and girls, never. It gets a little weird. No, it was always just us girls. Um, you know, we always played together at our slumber parties and stuff like that it was never like that but later on it turned into something for adults that you know became fun yeah, but would you but think a grown man and a baby should be playing no together? no i think that but the whole scene was so goofy anyway it just didn't it's, matter it's odd it's just off-puttingly they're odd just all twisted up like pretzels yeah. and and they're you know because he they can take their ears they can stretch their ears they can stretch their noses and they can stretch their necks and all that stuff it, it was just stupid. It's like, uh, yeah, we know that you're going to show the scene of them twisted up like a pretzel in a million different directions, and then they're going to have to get out of it somehow. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was just so set up to be dumb. Yeah. Well, the only reason this is set up is because Loki's having a good time with the, the, the kid. And now Loki doesn't want to give the kid up either. So he betrays them by sneaking, grabbing the mask and the child and say he's going to have both. Well, luckily, Otis runs up and bites Loki's crotch, making him drop the mask, making Jamie Kennedy become the mask again, and now we have a mask off. 
And I don't like, I'll say it again, I do not like Jamie Kennedy and the way he looks as the mask. It's no, yeah. creepy. It's odd. And we get a good 10 to 20 minutes of them doing different mask fights. We have a boxing match. We have all this stuff. Until it finally comes down to let the child pick who he wants to be with. Oh, and here we come again with another speech from you know, Jamie, Jamie Kennedy. Kennedy rips off the mask and realizes I have to be your father. Yes. I'm your father. And you think that the, there's no connection between him and the baby because the no. baby is literally trying to commit him and have him killed. Yeah. And I thought at that moment where Alan Cummings standing on one side and Jamie Kennedy is on the other side and the, the wife is in between. I was like, hmm, I bet you he goes to the mom. <laughs> yeah. Which would have made more sense. <laughs> it would have made more sense. But, you know, I mean, he because Jamie Kennedy was not thrilled to be a father. I mean, he even said he's like, this this kid's sucking the life out of me. Yeah. I mean, he tells his friend that. He says the kid's sucking the life out of him. And, you know, he refers to him as this kid instead of, like, my baby. and Which is what I think makes the baby want to kill him. Yeah. I think the baby, which is weird because he understands everything when he hears it. He does. Yeah. It's odd, but he does choose his father, which makes Loki go nuts. And he says he just wanted a best friend. And you think that they would have said, you could still be, we could still be friends with you. Yeah. Like, like you guys get along. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But he tries to kill them. And I don't understand the scene, but somehow Jamie Kennedy's able to catch a comic hammer that he slams down on them. He's able to hold it up. Yeah, and but he doesn't have any powers at this point because no. the mask is off his face. Yes. So when the hammer comes down and is about to crush the whole entire family, which Loki just said he wanted to keep the baby. And he's like, about to I'll kill, kill you all. the freaking baby. Yeah. Um, but Jamie Kennedy somehow has superhuman strength. And But my favorite thing about this scene is that the woman is holding the baby, the wife, and she has every opportunity to get out of the, the realm of danger. And she just stand, she sits there and squats down underneath the hammer and doesn't move. I'll do one better for you. As he's holding the hammer. I'll do one better for you. The, the, the mother is in jeopardy and the son who can do anything he wants doesn't do anything. That's true. He, all of a sudden his powers just disappear to the point where I was going to ask you, did they? Did something happen where they sapped his powers? Is he a normal no, baby now? He, no. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that's true. Although I feel like somewhere in the movie it was supposed to have happened, because even the ending. Well, again, we'll get to that. But I, I would say that there's something missing here. Like it does feel like the baby suddenly has no powers to fight the Loki. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. Nothing right, happens with the kid from that moment on. Right at that moment, Odin is able to come in. And he saps all Loki's power because he wasn't able to bring the mask to him in time. And so he says he's going to banish him to nothingness. And then that's when Jamie Kennedy, and I I, I don't hate this. He he says to him, whoa, 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 that's your, that's your son. Like at the end of the day, if you banish him, he's still going to be your son. You did this to your son. Like you guys got to work past your crap and make it make sense. He's like, look how old you guys are. You're 800 and you're 400 or whatever. He's like, you know, like uh, at this point, you guys should have learned to knock off this crap. And he's like, look, here's the mask. We don't want it. You can have it back. All you had to do is ask for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't have to do all this. They, They basically leave smiling because they're going to be father and son and they go back to Asgard. That's it. And then it just means that 
Um, oh, and now, of course, Jamie Kennedy has magically got his job back because he has pitched to them a cartoon that is about a dog and a son, a baby, fighting over the affection of their father. And Stephen Wright's like, this is genius. Where did you come up with this? Maybe <laughs> because he has a dog and a son, you idiots? Yeah. Like, it was so. What did, did he come up with this? I was like, this is the worst. I was like, oh my god. So he he got his job back after failing at the the pitch meeting, and he getting fired. Yeah, like, how, but you failed. So, at what point did you have an opportunity to pitch something else to them? Exactly. You were already fired, and and if they fired you, why didn't you just say go fuck yourself and find another job and or another, it to company another company to do your you know to do your cartoon like i would be like fuck you you fired me i'm not gonna get you rich on this you know like it was just so stupid and what's odd is everybody's happy they're all happy the house is fixed everything's magically okay and then we get a shot of the baby having his face like his eyebrow raise and i said what okay because they say they suggest that the the wife is now pregnant again and they say, are you okay with that? Another baby, you know, you're going to have a, a brother or a sister. And then the, they scroll to the baby's face and he makes an eyebrow. Now, I, 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 I felt like this was a creepy moment that suggests that he had done something to them. Yes. Okay. So but, I, okay, just to, just to um, clarify this, the baby's sitting on the mother's lap and they're just sitting on the couch and, you know, she points down to her belly and he's like, oh, you're pregnant again? And the baby winks at us, the audience. It wasn't even a wink. It was it, an eyebrow raise. It was an eyebrow raise, but then he winks at the end. He does. 100%. But what is that suggesting? Yeah. It was creepy. Like, I'm going I'm like, to do something or I did something or, to them. Or did he have sex with the wife again when he was the mask? And with the baby? It, no. No. The husband. <laughs> the fucking husband. God damn it. And, uh... And so that didn't happen. And we're not even, that's why I was wondering why the baby did that face. Like he had done something to them. Yeah. It was a creepy and moment I like, that I didn't Ugh. understand. I'm like, why are you winking at us? And, and like, all also made me believe that he didn't have powers anymore. And the, maybe the mother didn't know because I was like, did he not, did he lose his powers at some point? Cause he disappeared. No, and with didn't. this wink or this, this, this knowing look to us and this wink that you're saying, it would made me believe that, oh, I never lost my powers. But then I was like, did something get cut out of this movie where they said that he did? Like, what does this mean? No, he never lost his powers. So then what does that mean? I, I don't know. Is Are they winking at us because they're saying that there's going to be another baby with powers like this? But how? Because Jamie Kennedy didn't have sex Th- with her as the me, mask. That's like, did he magically impregnate her and have a brother or a sister? How? With and that's powers. disgusting. I don't know what? either, but I don't know what that look is. I don't either. And it's very upsetting to me. But I, I'm going to show you. We're going to rewind it and I'll show you. There's I don't need it. I don't need to see it ever again. Yeah. I don't need to see it's, it. Uh, it's awful. It, it, it just made me question what I had seen. And then also, because the movie can't get enough, then the, the film is cut in half by the dog who still somehow has the Loki mask. Right. So. I, um... Which isn't true. Unless they're saying that the dog didn't give him the real mask. What did he give him? If he gave him the, the one from the museum, how did the number one, I don't how know. did the dog get that one? I don't know what's one? going on in the film. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any it, sense. I, I, I'm baffled, but you know what? I don't ever need to see this movie ever again, so I don't care. Yeah, I mean, look, 
So on the show, we asked the question, is this the worst movie ever made? I don't think so. No. No. I don't think so. And I do think, while I understand it's hardcore like hate and it's bad reviews, I think that it might be a little extreme. I mean, okay. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think it's extreme. You I think, think it deserves its two-star rating? I, I think it does. Really? Yeah. I, I, there's no, there's nothing to love about these characters. It's like you're supposed to be rooting for someone. I'm rooting for Loki. I'm not gonna lie. He's the only character in the movie that I even remotely enjoyed at all. Jamie Kennedy has the charisma of a frozen tater tot. Great. He's not. I don't understand how he ever made any movie at all. Period. He, he's just not good at all. And the wife was worse when she was in the movie. She wasn't in the movie because she was asleep. There's nothing for her to do. I mean, even the nosy neighbor, nothing. There's They never brought the people back in the beginning. Nothing. It's just nothing. What people? Exactly. Remember you... the friends that they had with the five kids that could have been oh, helping yeah, yeah, babysit, yeah. but they never did? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah those, I people. those people. Um, I, I, look, here's what I'm thinking. What was this movie trying to aim to make? A kid's film, right? I mean, yeah, it and is. And so at the end of the day, is it successful in being a stupid kid's movie? Yeah. Kind, kind of. It is. Do I think it does? It should be better? Do I always think that movies should always treat people and kids smarter than they are? Like Pixar and all these other companies do? Yes. I do say that's a downfall of a lot of movies like this. They should be smarter and they shouldn't play... They shouldn't treat their audiences like they're stupid. What right. this movie does. It does, yeah. And I do think the jokes completely miss, and I do think it was miscast. There's problems, mm -hmm. without a doubt. But is it the worst kids movie I've ever sat through? I don't think so. No. No, it's not. I, I, I think I've seen what I think I've seen things that are really insultingly stupid. Yeah. So what would you uh, give it? I, I, I think that I'm not I can't give it a two. I understand why someone would. It is stupid. It is a mess. The CG is nightmare level. It, it, I mean, this shit is cringe-inducing, no doubt. But I feel like I'm going three or four. Okay. I might be going three. But I feel like it's a higher three. That's why I kind of wanted to go to a four. I just don't think it's the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. Especially when you look at our list of movies we've been doing. We had just watched two Toxic Avenger, or three Toxic Avenger movies back-to-back, -back, and Sergeant Kabuki Man, which go out of their way to be disgusting and, and insulting, and two of them are the laziest damn things I've ever seen in my life. So, in comparison, at least this movie tried. It tried. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that it's a, a three-level movie. Okay. Do you think, think it deserves its two-star rating? I, I think it does. Really? Yeah. Well, with that being said, we've been ranking all the movies we've been seeing to a certain point. We've been trying to rank, and we're doing, what is the worst movie ever made? Because that's the second question. If it's not the worst movie, what is? So right now, the worst movies we have done on the show, and I think, and I think you agree with me, these are both worse than this movie. And that would be number one, The Toxic Avenger Part 3. 
and number two, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Both sequels. Now, do you think this one deserves to be up in the top five of our list? I think that it's definitely better than those two movies for sure. Absolutely. It's also better than Action USA. I can't believe I said that, but yeah, I just said it. You mean Invasion USA? Or whatever. Whatever the hell it is. So you think that's better. So that's that was my uh, point. I would say that maybe this one falls between eight and nine. Where Invasion USA and Silent Night. Ugh. Yeah. This one's between those two? The, yeah. or, or is this... Or you're saying Invasion USA is definitely worse. No. I think it might be better. I think Invasion USA is actually better. I do. Yeah, it's, Invasion USA is actually better. It's also better than Action USA. I can't believe I said that. So is this worse or better than the Christmas tree? <laughs> I found the Christmas tree to be more entertaining than this. <laughs> okay, so... They, so I kind of agree with you. I, that's a, that's terrible. I know. It is a terrible movie. I, I know. I, it, I do agree with you. I think I'd watch A Christmas Tree. I would watch it again because it's just, it's mesmerizingly awful. <laughs> and there's just so much about it that I just, I can't look away from. But this movie, I just wanted it to end. So yeah, I'm saying The Christmas Tree is better than this. Okay, so Sergeant Kabuki Man. I would watch Sergeant Kabuki Man again before this. And Toxic Avenger Part 4? Ugh, I hated it. I'm going to watch this above that again. I think so. I yeah. think that this is now our number five. Okay. All right. I, I do like understand it. where um, movies rating and rankings, if I butcher that again, uh, sorry, uh, reviews on Instagram who suggested this movie, I completely understand why he's saying this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I mean, it clearly is. And I mean, 100%. Also, I, I've talked to him previously many times about how we watch the worst of the worst and so if he had watched our top five i think that he would agree that is now not the worst movie he's ever seen i mean yeah hey you know what challenge yeah challenge I, I know. sir throw you it go down ahead and watch that shit yeah. <laughs> and then come back and talk to us yeah do us a favor and watch the toxic avenger 4 and tell me is this movie really that much worse oh my god god help <laughs> us all all right, all right well that brings us to our segment yes of why we can't have nice things. And that's where I show you the two extremes of online reviews and how the internet destroys the movie rating system. Uh, so I'm going to give you a one one-star review and one ten-star review of Son of the Mask. And I will start at the ten-star review today. This is titled A Very Entertaining Movie. Son of the Mask movie is a very entertaining and funny movie. I laughed from all my heart when I rent the DVD. Honestly, even with the absence of Jim Carrey, the movie was successful because here in this IMDb, you will find a lot of people who loved it. Good acting and suitable for all ages. Good for adults and will cheer them up. Excellent for children and very amusing. This film is extremely underrated. Glad I saw this movie. At least deserves a 7 out of 10 for the comedy, good acting, and direction. Okay, well, if it deserves a 7 out of 10, why are you, going, why yeah. are you giving it a it, 10? It's, again, that's the problem here. So these, they feel like they have to pad it by going to the extreme. And the same thing with the ones. They're doing the same thing. I mean, 
yeah. Anyways, all right. So here's our one star review, and this is titled "Terrible, Awful, Extremely Bad, Horrible, Etc., Etc." Mr. Kennedy should stop experimenting. That's making a joke on his oh, show. Oh God! Should stop experimenting with bad movie scripts. This, it's like, what was he thinking? This is a movie that should not have passed the, hey, I've got an idea, let's make a sequel stage of Inception. If there was a zero rating, I'd give it. But I guess I'll settle for a generous one. It seems these days that if there is a buck to be made, movie execs will dig up an old hit and run it by a set of writers and see what turns up. Hey, I said hit and run kind of describes how I felt when this movie ended. How this piece of trash ever saw the light of day is beyond me. It is filled with unpleasant humor, strange animation, and jokes that don't quite take you anywhere besides a state of confusion. If you are being dragged to this movie and someone is paying for you, fine. But it's still going to be more painful than a brick in the forehead. Damn. However, if you're planning on paying your own hard-earned money, search out a better alternative. One out of ten. I, I get... <sighs> I get both sides of the argument here. I, I, I think that, of course, 7 is so high, or 10 that the guy ended up going with, and a 1 or 2. It, it's like the extremes. I, I get it. Both people make a lot of sense. I can see someone enjoying the jokes here. I can I can see that, I, especially a young person. If you're a child, if you're a child, a you 10, will just be like... Even a 12-year-old. This has got to be fun. Yeah, like, oh, look, you're spinning around and you're turning into things. Okay. And then seeing the dog... You know, turn into the mask and... Okay, that's good for kids. Kids love that. But when you're, you know, a grown-up person watching this movie for the first time, this is embarrassing. Yeah. It's just downright well, embarrassing. I mean, that's the problem, right? They, The adult in everybody who is being forced to watch this with their kids being completely mad. I, I can see that. Those are the ones that go unrated. And that's why there's so many of them. It's so funny, by the way, that it's 6, uh, 60,000 people rating it on IMDb, and that's exactly its budget. I mean, it, how much it million. made I mean, gross. <laughs> six, 60 million it made back. It's so funny. That's like 60, you know, you know that that's how many people had to rate it. They they All the people who saw this in the theater with their kids were fucking angry. And I get it because... Sometimes you're shocked when you see these parents go with kids. I know a lot of guys who come home, oh, I had to go see this movie with my kids, and I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look, it wasn't really for you. It was for kids. But yeah. at the end of the day, I do understand. It. They should have something to enjoy as well. And I think there's a lot of movies out there who are who are trying for both. Like I, we have Shrek and stuff, totally for adults. Yeah. Pixar, totally for adults. It's it's And Miyazaki, totally for everybody. Like all these movies are for everybody. Mm-hmm. Sure. Then you get movies like this, and you're like, I can see why the adult would be mad to go and say this is the worst movie they've ever seen. But a 10-year-old growing up with it? Oh, probably endearing. And that guy who probably wrote the review was probably 10 in 2005 and wrote that <laughs> review not so long ago. You know what I mean? Saying, mm. oh, now that I'm growing up, I'm going to defend the movie I grew up with. I mean, shit, people, they defend Phantom Menace. There are people out there that love that movie. And that that's, you know, okay. You know, that's they fine. grew up with it. It was their first Star Wars. I get it. Same thing goes here. So I I kind of get both sides of it. I, I get it. The the person who saw this was forced to see this was pissed is the one star review. Mm -hmm. And then the kid growing up going, I'll defend this movie because I had a good time as a kid. 
Gonna get it. We defend shit movies as kids, too. Mm-hmm. We do. So We do. Yeah. I won't lie. And I'll be the first to say that, you know, those those movies that we thought were amazing and great as kids, yeah. like when we watched... Like stupid crap, like Mac and Me. <laughs> oh, I grew. Well, we never liked that. That was always I mean, a nightmare. You know, like but, just as an example, yeah. like stupid crap. I grew up with like Ray Harryhausen art, and mm-hmm. I can see that if I showed a kid today, they'd be like, "Wow, this looks terrible." Mm-hmm. But when we were kids, that was the coolest damn thing ever. And there's people who grew up with thing, thinking that's the best art ever. No CG. Mm-hmm. clay animation it looks so good but when we grow up now you kind of look back on it and you go oh man you know you could see there on the screen you could see all the stuff you know how they did it and it's awkward but it's also that idea of like putting yourself in that scenario i think the big problem with this movie in particular is that the special effects are so bad because in 90s we had Jurassic park so when everything that comes after it looks bad you're like so mad about just, it. And like we just it had Jurassic Park this yeah. ten years ago. But we shouldn't have that. Ten years <laughs> ten later, prior, we should not have had this problem. Like this is, we should be progressing at this level. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like when these actors sign up, like they their first question should be like, "What's the budget of the movie?" Because honestly, you know, you have, oh, and also might I say that wasn't Titanic in 1997. Didn't that come out in 97? So, like, James Cameron had already done some amazing shit at that point. And we're talking 2005, so that's years later. Oh, yeah. I said uh, Drive Sparks 94. Yeah, Yeah, so so. there should be an, 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 you know, improved special effects. Yes, but when it comes to human special effects, we're still not even there in 2024. Mm -hmm. We're still getting to CGI effects of humans that are starting starting to get that good. It's taken this damn long. Yeah. So trying to push those special effects off humans, a dancing baby in 2005 is pushing the border and I can't expect much. What I didn't talk about also was there's actually good animation in this movie. They actually cut to animation jokes a lot and I'm like, "Oh, this looks pretty decent." So it's it's all over the place, but it is it's on un- it's unfortunate but i can understand why someone would hate it you know so yeah whatever we yeah. did it we watched it we got through it <laughs> and uh i hey i love the suggestions i want more and more you know i i do yes so we would like to say um thank you to movie rating and ranking uh for this suggestion of son of the mask it was uh something and um it, we got through it and there are some yeah. parts where you're like, all right, that's not that bad. But then I it, get it. It yeah. then became bad. So, but I would love to hear more for anybody yeah. out there. If you can think of a movie that we haven't seen, please send it to us. Torture us. We find it funny, and you can laugh at us for the torture. Yes. So I love that, and I can't wait to do more of ones that are suggested, and especially his other one to us. One of them is baffling. I think I want to watch it on my own without the show, but the other one is going to be a painful one. So oh, we'll God. do that, and I, I'm looking forward to it one day. But yeah, uh, thank you, as always, everybody, for listening and uh, liking the show and or contacting us. We're on social media at Just as Another Movie Night on Instagram, and Joe is at the Crafty Misfit making some fun things over on Instagram. Go check it out. And uh, you know, hit us up with any suggestions, and hit us up with why you think this is worse than we're giving it. You know, Tell us. I love to hear it. 
So well, thanks for the plug, babe. Yeah, you plugged me. I did. That oh. sounded really bad. And no, this is not a porn show. Let's end on plugging. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Ma? Yes, Ma and her career are just. Did you say mom? Mama. Oh my God! You said mama. Well, can you say dad or dada? Mommy. That's great. You're doing great. But come on, say dada.